Hey, welcome to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. With me, Joel Thompson. We have Joel Hillary with us today. Hey, how's it going? And we have a guest today, Mr. Johnny Goltz. Aloha. Hey, Johnny, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, very well. Um, yeah, Johnny is just here to share with us um, yeah, his testimony, his perspective of what uh, God has done and been to him in his life. And yeah, we're excited to hear from you. Um, Joel? Any yeah. Um, yeah, Johnny's uh, fantastic. He's been pretty big impact in my life personally. Um, he works at uh, Youth with a Mission in New Zealand and um, has discipled myself and probably Joel Thompson yeah, certainly a fair me. bit as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I should say right off the bat too, Johnny and I are close friends. Um, known you for, I don't know, two and a half years now mm-hmm. or so. Uh, you and I are missionaries together with YWAM here in New Zealand, and yeah, it's been a ride. Um, but yeah, I guess we just want to hear um, about you, where you come from, and who are you. Go ahead. Cool. <clears throat> yeah, so it's funny being on a Kiwi podcast, a lot of American voices. So I am from America, uh, Yep, grew up in Colorado, and have lived out in New Zealand for the last five years. So it's been a pretty wild ride. Like Joel mentioned, um, working with YWAM, which is youth of the mission and just involved in Christian missions. Um, yeah. And it's just been an interesting story and journey doing life and following Jesus. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll just start off sharing a bit about me and we'll see where the rabbit trail leads. I know these guys like to talk and so it'll be fun just to see where we end up at the end of the day. So yeah, um, growing up, I mean, I have a pretty cookie-cutter Christian story, which is totally fine, but raised in a Christian family, um, no crazy, like, childhood traumas or anything, but um, I think my real battle was, like, the, what is it, the conflict of self, and just understanding life and, yeah, what it means to be a Christian and what it means to follow Jesus, and so that was kind of, like, my struggle growing up was just wanting to live for more and wanting to live, yeah, I guess for God. Um, Because it never was like a second thought in my mind of like if God was real or if, yeah, what I was doing was worth it. I just like had this feeling of that it was true. Um, But yeah, it took a long time to figure out why. And I think a lot of that was just, just growing up lukewarm and just growing up, not really understanding much. And I think that's kind of fueled my life now and kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing is um, I just didn't really understand. It was kind of like, okay, cool. These are the motions that I go through of going to church, of, you know, being in the right places, you know, being on the worship team, going to youth group, plugged in, hanging out with my church friends, but there wasn't really anything past that, even though I wanted something more. And so, I guess when I came out to New Zealand, that's kind of when a lot of stuff broke. And I guess being raised, I was raised in a non-denominational church, but also I went to like a Lutheran uh, private school. And so kind of a lot of the mindset there was this idea of like original sin and, you know, even if you're breathing, you're sinning. And I don't know, all this stuff where I was just like beating myself up and, yeah, I, I really feel like that played a lot into 
kind of how I viewed myself. I remember uh, there's this verse in First Timothy one fifteen. Paul says uh, it's a trustworthy saying, deserving of full acceptance, that Christ came to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. And that was kind of like at the forefront of my mind. I like scratched it out on a piece of paper and put it on my wall as like my motivation. Um, <laughs> which is kind of sad. Motivated. Yeah. Motivated. Super sinful. Yep. <laughs> um, but, and that was kind of like my mindset. And I think that fueled a lot of being lukewarm and a lot of tension inside of me of like, wow, I don't really want to do the things that I'm doing, but at the same point, I guess it's inevitable. Um, and so it was really freeing for me coming to New Zealand and just, I think, what that symbolized for me was just taking that step of initiative and being like, okay, this thing is my own. Um, because after high school or secondary school, um, it was kind of like, well, where do I go from here? I was like, I could go to university and I kind of saw where that path would lead me, or I could kind of take this unknown and step into faith and like life with Christ. But I don't really know where that's going to lead either. Well, I guess I kind of knew where college would lead of probably down a pretty bad path just because I knew I didn't have self-control, but I didn't really know what this path of like following Jesus looked like. And I knew there was more than what I'd been taught, but I didn't really know what that looked like or how to access it. And so it was kind of freeing or it was very freeing, but also kind of frustrating um, coming out here because when I came out to New Zealand, um, just hearing a bunch of different teaching was, yeah, it was like, it was almost not contrary, but I was a very practical person. Like, just tell me how to get there. <laughs> and I came out here and it was like, there were no answers. And it almost like frustrated me more. Um, but I think the biggest thing that like I took away was one of the speakers came and as I mentioned, kind of just the sin thing and, you know, original sin, you know, you're breathing and you're sinning, you know, it's not just the sin of, om- or of, commission commission but omission you know and so it's like you know it's not just everything you're doing but everything you're not doing and so just being so aware of that and one of the speakers came and he was like all right if you guys have sinned today stand up and you know i was a good lutheran boy so i stood up and i was like yep i mean i don't know what i've done it's only like 9 a.m but i probably have done something i'm breathing so i'm sinning and i remember there were like two two guys who were still sitting down and I was like, hmm, interesting, you know, I don't know. I don't know about these guys, I'm a bit cocky or something. Um, <laughs> and then the speaker was like, no, 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 like, think about it. Like, what have you done today? Like, what have you done? And so, you know, some more people thought about it and sat down, and I was still a bit stubborn, and he just kept going. And eventually I was like, I had thought about it. I was like, it's 9 a.m., what have I done today? I woke up, you know, had a little quiet time, ate some cornflakes, vacuumed and now i'm here probably haven't like i don't think i got mad at anyone (laughs) yeah so sinful and so i finally sat down but that was like a really big breakthrough moment for me Mm -hmm. um i think just realizing yeah just breaking that sin consciousness um and just that mindset and so i guess since then it's just been a big uh journey of figuring out what does that look like and what does it actually look like to live life in Christ, right? Because, yeah, I guess there's a lot more to it. And so with my story, you know, it was kind of like I ticked all the boxes and, you know, I was always in the right place at the right time, said the right thing. You know, I was involved, like, helping out with the kids' church and all that stuff. 
you know, everything I needed to do to get to heaven, but um, there was still something more. And so I think that's something that's been really exciting discovering throughout my Christian walk, um, especially like these last five years is just figuring out, you know, what is actually, what has Jesus actually done for us, you know, and like, what has he accomplished and who, who are we because of what he's done? And um, yeah, and that's, that led a lot into like, I guess what I'm doing here now, which is just running Bible courses and um, doing, I guess, just discipleship and stuff. And yeah, I guess it's just something I'm really passionate about is figuring out who we are um, and why and, you know, what is the truth about us and not just following tradition or like this is what we've been taught, but really diving into, you know, what is what is Christian life and what does it mean to follow Jesus and, you know, how does that affect us? And yeah, I mean, it's been a very interesting journey. There's been a lot of challenges and a lot of eye-opening stuff and a lot of unlearning, which has been really fun. But yeah, I guess just figuring out how far this thing goes and mm. what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's awesome. What kind of, uh, you mentioned that the bio, you run these Bible courses like what kind of Bible courses are you running? Yeah. So it's just like a three month <clears throat> intensive course. So, uh, like 40, 50 hours a week. So people just come and then we just go chronologically through the Bible and we try to teach them, uh, what we call the inductive Bible study method, which is just letting the Bible speak for itself. And, uh, which I think is really important. You know, it's kind of part of my journey is figuring out, you know, what is, what is the Bible actually saying, not what is my pastor saying about the Bible or what is, you know, the general idea about this or whatever, but, like, what is it actually saying? And, I mean, that's been a whole journey in itself, hey, because the Bible is, like, a super old book. And, you know, as much as you try to come at it with, like, these filters of being unbiased and, you know, not not telling it what to say it's like you find it's super hard and the more i learn about it and the more i learn about like historical background and all these things the more i'm like oh my gosh i read the bible so biased and filtered and um yeah i mean it's funny because you know you meet these people who even like your pastors or whatever like christian mentors everyone it's so cliche everyone's like yeah you never stop learning but i mean it's cliche because it's true you know it's mm -hmm. like you, you dig past that initial layer and you realize there's so much more, you know, it's like the whole iceberg thing, you know, 10% above the surface and 90% below. And yep. you start looking below the surface and you're like, Oh my gosh, there's so much yeah. I have no idea about. Um, yeah. And so I guess we just try to kind of introduce people to that and it's not like a comprehensive course or anything. It's just like laying foundations for people to study the Bible for themselves and, kind of just go forward in figuring out truth and, you know, not just daily devotional and like picking a scripture and being like, okay, what does this mean for me today? But really like thinking about the Bible, what does this mean? When was this written and what can we actually pull out of it? Um, yeah. yeah. And so I think that's super important. You know, I think it's funny how we take a book that's like 2000 years old and just think that, you can just hop right into it and understand it's like, and that's the thing, you know, the more you understand, the more you're like, I don't understand and yeah. that's okay. 
Yeah, I think it's um, important to not read the Bible and take one verse and create a whole uh, theology on that one verse, but getting that getting that verse and then zooming out to the chapter and then zooming out to the also to the context with um who's it written to the audience who's it uh what time um and and all those different things um cuz Laura and I have just done the discipleship bible school evening edition which is a bit of a watered down version of the the 3 month crash one. course yeah like crash course version and even in that one, we managed to go through uh, most of the Bible. I, I lacked one or two days, weeks. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but Laura and I were doing yeah, the Plan yeah. A version, which is uh, the whole whole Bible. Laura managed to do it, um, and it, it was it was a struggle. But when I look and read through the New Testament after reading through the whole Testament and quickly, you know, not not reading the whole Old Testament over a matter of years, but over a matter of months, yep. it's so clear what the New Testament is saying, like what totally. Jesus was there for. And I like what you said about like reading the Bible with no preconceptions, like a blank slate, yeah, and not having your youth pastor or your normal church pastor or your parents or your grandparents or anything there um, sort of, ideologies on what the bible is but actually reading it as a blank canvas and letting god paint the story totally properly yeah not properly but like what they say might be true but letting it be read as if it's the first time you've read it totally and it's been really fun this last year i mean in a post well in a covid world you know where we can't really do much it's been fun to slow down and just personally be able to dive into stuff and i think that's something i've been really learning is i think it's good that we come with no preconceived ideas, but also I'm learning like we're invited and in, like we're invited into this conversation, you know, of thousands of years of people thinking about this stuff. And I think, I don't know, it's just been interesting recently. I've been thinking a lot about, uh, yeah, I mean, just how separate our thinking is. And I've been so fascinated with church history and just, beginning to look into some of that stuff, but just realizing like, wow, there is such a much bigger conversation, you know, because I mean, Lutherans, you know, the biggest thing Luther did was, you know, the, the Pope is bad and we need to break off from this tradition and start our own. And I feel like Western Christianity is so followed that in a lot of ways, you know, of like, I don't know, almost like personal interpretation or I don't know what you would call that, but you know, like breaking that conversation. And so, I don't know, I think I've been interested in that and just figuring, kind of going back to our roots um, and learning some of that stuff, you know, like what did these guys 100 years after Jesus lived believe and, you know, is what we believe or how did they read the Bible or how did they see some of that stuff? So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, there is such a balance in that stuff, hey, because you don't want to like... Yeah, I don't know. It's just an old book. That's something I've been really realizing. You know, it's not like this thing was written five <laughs> oh, years it's ago. An old book. It's, real old it's book. an old book. Yeah. You know, it's like no matter what version you've got, it's an old book. It's old. <laughs> well, it's like you know, I don't know if anyone read Shakespeare growing up, but you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like I did not understand anything he was saying, yeah. and it's true. 
Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> cultural references and stuff, you're just like, what is this guy on about? And, mm. you know, yeah, I don't, so I guess, yeah, you want to, like, come and be like, what does this mean for me? But also be like, what is what is the conversation that's been been being had? Is that the right way to say it? Been yeah. being had for the last yeah. thousands of years, and are we off track or are we on track or yeah no i think so i did the i did the dbs discipleship bible school earlier this year um because we were able to run a full one and well you were i mean you were my school leader so you you got to i guess you got to walk with me through this journey but man it was frustrating sometimes (laughs) like you you really want to i was raised in christian in a christian household as well and going to church you know, every week and, you know, everything like that. And so I was, I was raised with some pretty well instilled notions Mm. and man. Yeah. I mean, studying the history, I think is probably been the number one, like thing that has shaken like my preconceived notions and theologies. And, uh, yeah, cause we'd have conversations and it's like, you discuss a certain topic or you discuss a verse and it's like, Okay, well, what's the context? Okay, well, what's the people? You know, yeah. okay, well, what's the time frame? And I'm like, so does this verse mean this? And you're like, well, who is he saying it to? Uh, I don't know. Okay, so then like, you know, how can you draw that conclusion if you don't know? Or, you know, what time frame? And it's just like, oh, you just really got to dig. And then when you do, yeah, you sometimes you come away with a, a very different conclusion, but you certainly come away with a more accurate, mm-hmm. you know, conclusion. Totally. It's got to be closer. I mean, yeah, you're getting in it. Yeah. And it's funny, Joel and I have talked about it a lot. It's fun. It's like, it, it's almost like sometimes we like, we have a topic and it's like, okay, whoever can come up with the most Bible verses to back their ideas, yeah. right? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. if I could find one more than you, then I guess mine is the most biblical idea. And it's like, right. uh, yeah, <laughs> that whole idea of like cherry picking scriptures and everything is so bad. Well, it's confirmation bias, right. right? And confirmation bias is such a powerful thing. And I've oh, I've been fascinated by this lately because when you have confirmation bias, you are subconsciously looking for something to confirm your mm. theory or your preconceived idea. Right. Yeah. And man, how do you not do that in the Bible when you read a verse and you get an impression or you start to theorize something and then you, you keep reading along and you're just kind of, I don't know, you're just skimming through it. And then you see another thing, and you're like, that lines up with that conclusion yeah. I made earlier about yeah. that other verse. It can can sometimes be a good thing when you're looking for, like, Jesus in the Old yep. Testament and things like that, to, totally. to notice where he actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think in the missing link to that, too, because you don't want to get too cynical that, like, yes, the Bible confirms itself in inwardly in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. so, yes, certain verses do... Um. Yeah, back up certain biblical ideas, but think the missing link there then would, to, in order to not be too cynical, is that the Holy Spirit reveals the truth to us as well, mm. you know, and God speaks through his word. And so I guess doing that with the Holy Spirit is a yeah. better better idea than just trying to come to your own conclusions. But Totally. What do you, I guess that's a good question for you, Johnny, too, is like what in your journey with, you know, diving into the scripture and the word has become a very like, you know, cornerstone foundational part of your life. Um, what is that like for you to, to search the scriptures, but with the help of the Holy spirit? 
Yeah, it's a good question, and I think <clears throat> I think something that's really kept me grounded is just I think what you're saying is like doing it with the Holy Spirit, and you know I think it's an interesting balance of you want to study it and make sure that like you're not just making it a devotional and taking this verse and taking it so out of context and you're like, oh, what a good thing for me today. But also you want to make sure you're doing it so personal with God, you know, and I think I think there's a verse, John 17, 3, where he says, and this is the eternal life that they may know you. Um, and there's another part to that. Um, but that essentially, right, eternal life is knowing God. And, mm. um, and so, like, if you're doing it outside of those motives or those means, then you're probably... <laughs> you know, doing it wrong. And that's even what Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for. You know, he's like, you search the scriptures thinking that and then you'll have life, but they point to me, you know, and he's like, and I'm right here. And so I think a lot of it has, it's been really good to actually study the Bible. And I don't know, maybe it's kind of been by separating my personal, like my morning devotion time and actually studying, um, I don't know. And maybe, maybe other people are better at that, but maybe I'm not very good at multitasking and, mm. you know, cause the mornings for me are louder, just, I don't know, just flowing or I guess it doesn't have to be morning for anyone listening. You know, you could do it at night or in the middle of the day, whatever works. But I think just that time with the Lord has been really helpful. Um, but just letting that be, you know, whatever it is, whether that's intercession and praying or just like worshiping, and then having time to study and make sure that like I'm on track, you know, and what I'm believing is mm-hmm. right. But also letting those things that I'm learning and discovering in scripture, like lead me to intimacy with God, because, you know, it's easy. And this is something I think it's, I've seen, I've fallen into a bit and I see, I think a lot of people fall into as they study the Bible is it's like, you almost tick the box, you know, and that's like the big thing is, and it's like what what I grew up with, you know, you, you tick that box of going to church every week. You tick that box of, you know, being in a small group or having a mentor or whatever it is, you know, your daily devotional, but you never actually, it's it's never real or maybe that's a bit harsh, but, you know, it never actually becomes personal. That's a better way to put it. And uh, I think even in those things, it's easy to be like, yeah, I read the Bible or, you know, I read mm-hmm. the whole Bible every year or I, you know. I spend time studying all these scholars. So, you know, I tick that box and I'm, Mm. it like feeds your ego. And I think just as much as possible, I think that's how I read the Bible is just, or invite the Holy spirit in is like keeping me humble Mm. and being like, man, I'm always learning and growing. And you know, this thing that I'm learning about God's love, it's like letting that manifest in that time and just like, relating to God and praying, you know, and just stopping and being like, holy cow, you really love me. And this thing is really this good. And I think just, it's like that simple thing of Colossians three, you know, set your eyes on heavenly things. Um, and it really is that simple of like setting your eyes on the truth and letting that, uh, yeah, letting what you're seeing relate to God. And I think that also keeps you from, well, it just keeps you in a place of moldability because, you know, whether you think it or not, we all have biases and it's unfortunate. And like I was saying, you know, you want to lay those biases down, but as much as you try, it's like, I don't, it's like those automatic things. Those like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, even just the way, I mean, 
I've been married two years and one of the biggest things you learn when you're married is that there's a lot that you don't actually know about yourself until you're like living with someone else and you're like, whoa, I didn't realize that this is how I operate or this is how I think until I'm with someone who thinks different than I do. And um, so it's the same thing with the Bible. You know, it's like you don't even know the way you think until you open your heart to be like, okay, God, teach me. Or even, you know, listening to people you disagree with and being like, what is the truth? And is the way that I'm actually interpreting and is my lens actually correct and holding that open-handed? And obviously I think there are things that, you know, you need to be dogmatic about, but I think, you know, the more humility, probably the better. Mm. So does that, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that that was good. That's, that's incredible, Johnny. Uh, You got a lot of wisdom in there. Um, I had written down and you sort of answered it, but I thought I would, um, just reiterate it for some of the listeners. Um, two questions, uh, your best advice for reading the Bible, for example, what's your thoughts on, I don't know if you've ever used soap, which is scripture, observation, application, Psalms or something like that. Prayer. Prayer, maybe. Um, and then the Bible app. Or a physical Bible? What's your recommendation for our listeners regarding those? How would you say to read the Bible and to get the most out of it? Um, of course, with inviting the Holy Spirit to guide you in, in your words. and Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good question. That's like the million-dollar question, hey. Um, I think a big thing is just reading your Bible, you know, I think even growing up and I just didn't read my Bible. Um, so I think that's step one is just, just read it. Um, take some time and, you know, just, just do it. You just got to get in there. Um, would you say to read it, um, book by book? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just read it. I like, obviously, Probably start with the New Testament. Um, that'd be a good starting point rather than the beginning. Um, so get a good grip of Jesus and, uh, you know, the full revelation, and then you can kind of dip back into the Old Testament. It might make a little bit more sense, even <laughs> even though it might still be challenging. So, But, yeah, I think, honestly, at the end of the day, any, any amount of reading is good because you're getting yourself in there. And, um, yeah. So that's step one, right? Because, well, I don't know if you guys like ever watch movie reviews or like in-depth analysis. I really like Christopher Nolan movies, you know, and his new movie, Tenet. It's like if you watch them, like the them breaking down Tenet and you haven't seen it, you're just going to be confused. And it's the same thing with the Bible. It's like, you know, you show up to church and you're waiting for someone to break it down, but then it's like you don't even actually know what they're really talking about because you haven't spent time in it. And to be fair with that movie, you watch the whole thing and you don't know what's going on until that very last part. Exactly. <laughs> well, until but midway through and then yeah. it's sort of like, oh, okay. You and might you still not know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I understand it. Yeah. The movie's literally backwards. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, actually getting into it and that'll help you understand. Um and honestly, I think it's just finding a good teacher that, you know, well, maybe not just one teacher. I think it's finding good 
teachers in general. Um, because a lot of the teaching we do in church is fine, but a lot of it is just application. You know, it's just like, I have 45 minutes with you, Max. You know, that's like a long church service now. It's 45-minute yeah. sermons. People are like falling asleep, but that's like Max. And I can only imagine my heart goes out to all the pastors out there. I don't know how they do it, but, you know, it's like they're trying to teach you something about the Bible or just life, you know, what it means to be a Christian in 45 minutes. And they get you for 45 minutes once a week. So that's 52 mm. times for 45 minutes. It's like they don't really have that much time to dive into some stuff or really as much stuff as they would want to. And so I'd say, you know, whether that is your pastor or, um, you know, there's like a lot of guys that I've come under. So I guess to mention a few would be uh, some people we've had come through and teach would be um, Dan Lewis. And he has a website it's called deconos.org. Um, there's another guy, Steve Gregg, who's been really good, and he has a website called thenarrowpath.com. Um, and those guys are uh, pretty, like, straight and narrow, so to speak. Um, they just have really good, like, biblical commentary. It's nothing, like, crazy. They're pretty, like, down the middle, not, like, super conservative, not super, like, out there liberal. Um and then just some other guys that I've really enjoyed is like guys like Brad Jerzak. Um, he's been really good. Uh, just eye opening. I really enjoy what he has to say. There's another guy, um, Dr. Bax- Baxter Kruger. Um, and uh, who else was I going to say? Francois. Yeah, Francois, Francois Dutoy is a good one. Um, and those guys, I just watch videos on YouTube and. Um, but those are all guys who dive into some fun stuff. And like Steve Gregg and Dan Lewis would be a lot more. Uh, oh, NT Wright is another really good one. Mm. Um, those guys would be a lot more like what you would expect out of a Bible commentary. But it's really good just to like dive in and even just watch videos or read some of their books on like how to read the Bible, you know, and where to start. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, just getting some more of that in-depth teaching and, like, actually reading alongside, you know, and those guys will have really good commentaries online and stuff or thoughts on really struggling passages. But I think really one of the biggest things is, well, you just have to get teaching, you know, um, and whether that's through your pastor or whatever. So best advice for how to understand the Bible or how to read it? I mean, honestly, just read it, spend time in it, you know, and then find some people um, that are going to help you like grow in understanding it more, you know, and people who actually know you who might be like, Oh, this is your bias or know where you come from, who can kind of mm-hmm. encourage you along that journey as well as just finding people online. You know, like we live in an amazing age where there's so much mm-hmm. information out there and, um, and you know, there's so little understanding. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's, little understanding. Yeah. 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 No, I, I mean, I can definitely attest to that as well. Cause I guess I've never, well, I've, I'm very interested in the Bible and I have done a fair bit of studying of my own, but I think like guys like you and, um, Brennan Ham and, uh, Nick Oxley have been some of the most influential to my faith because of the fact that you guys know me. And then you guys are already pretty passionate about the word and then you're going deep and then you're recommending great guys, you know, 
mm. like Francois, Noah Fetosa also. I mean, he was the one who turned me on to the mirror Bible and everything. And, yeah. um, anyway, just, just really cool. And so I think that's, yeah, that's a solid piece of advice of just getting teachers and people in your life that also know you yeah. and know you. And like, it's been, uh, it's been exciting for me to be able to join in with you guys when it comes to studying, because you guys are already so passionate. Right. You know what I mean? And I mean, Chuck's your, your passion's pretty clear as well. Like, cause we got into your story a little bit and then like right away, we're just talking about yeah, the yeah, understanding <laughs> of like, how do Johnny, how do we read the Bible? Like, yeah. cause you know, in, in 30 minutes or something like that, we're like, Oh yeah, this dude knows quite a bit about the Bible, but love that. Yeah. Um, true. We did sidetracked a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. I guess but that like, to, to bring it even back to your story a little bit too, it would be like how, Cause you, you came to, you came to YWAM and then before you know it, you were pretty in deep with word study and then running these DBS schools. And so like, what made you want to do that? What made you want to pursue that? I think, well, part of it was selfish and part of it was holy, but, uh, (laughs) they go together. You're a holy man, Johnny. Um, the holy part was. It's just kind of like what I felt the Lord was calling me to do. Um, the selfish part was I think I just wanted to grow in, yeah, understanding more. And so I guess before I came out to New Zealand, uh, I worked at this summer camp and, uh, you know, every summer camp, well, maybe not every, but the summer camp had like a ghost story about uh, the ghost of Okaboji and I remember some of the guys who worked there were just sitting outside one night and talking about it. Like, what do you think about ghosts? And, you know, you kind of have to tell us what is the ghost of it. Yeah. I don't actually know. You can't leave it. You don't know. No, I don't. You don't. The ghost of Okaboji. Okaboji. How do you remember the name of the story? Well, it's because it was the lake. (laughs) So they never told you the story? Or did you just never ask? Uh, I never asked. It was like. Jeez. A bunch of kids, but they had it on like one of the flyers for the morning. It was like the ghost of Okaboji story, but that was like seven years ago. So I don't remember. Um, but either way, we're sitting out one night just talking about, you know, ghosts and what we think. And, uh, I don't know. I like no one really ever told me about it. So I don't, whatever you think about ghosts, I don't care. But, um, <laughs> but there you go. There you go. <laughs> Ghost conspiracies. Where's George? Where's George? He has some (laughs) thoughts about ghosts. But, uh, yeah, one of the, like, uh, pastors, I guess, who came along with this, who was, like, teaching on this camp, was like, oh, well, have you ever heard of the story of uh, Samuel and the witch in Endor, or Saul and the witch of Endor? And we're like, I was like, no. You know, and basically in the story, if you don't know it, is... Uh, Saul doesn't know what to do, so he goes to this witch and she summons Samuel up from the grave and Samuel, like, rebukes her and it's this ghost. And I was like, yeah, so this pastor is basically like, yeah, there's ghosts in the Bible, so there could be ghosts. And I was like, I didn't care about the ghost thing, but I was like, what the heck is this story? Um, And that was it. Ghost stories. Ghost stories. That's what got me into the Bible. There's another story (laughs) about... uh, because we had chapel once or twice a week, and uh, it was a Lutheran camp. So, you know, you got to go to chapel, chapel. But one of the other guys at camp was talking about, uh, what was it, the Genesis story with uh, 
lot and his daughters and where his daughters like sleep with him. And I was like, I've never heard this story, you know, because I was a good Sunday school Christian where it's like, I knew all the good stories, you know, Noah, Joseph, um, Abraham, all like the highlights, but you know, I didn't know much about lot and his daughters and the bad things that they were doing. But, um, so that's kind of what got me into studying the Bible is I was like, wow, I really don't know. Well, I was like, I just don't know what's happening in this book. It's like there's all these stories that I don't know, and I, I'm curious now. And I guess what's kept me, I think it's still that same idea, is just like I really don't know um, a lot. And mm. I think I'm becoming comfortable with that. Um, yeah, is just not knowing and having those question marks in my life and having those question marks in my theology and what I believe. And so I guess that's kind of what brought me out here, and that's what got me involved is the selfish motives of like, I just want to know. And so it's, it's kind of funny because around here people like view me as the Bible guy, but I'm like, I feel like I know nothing. I'm like, you know, maybe I know more than like a lot of people or I know all these different theories or whatever, but I really feel like I don't know that much. And Mm. I really do feel in a lot of ways, like I'm just beginning this. And now, well, you know, it's like the last five years has just been me realizing where I'm at. Mm. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> there's so much to study. And um, yeah, and so I guess that's that's what I'm passionate about as well is just bringing people on that journey and um, starting trying to spark that hunger. So maybe I just need to tell more ghost stories or something. Yeah, get people inspired. But I just, I yeah, I want to get people inspired, you know, and yeah. that's the thing is, I used to read my Bible and, you know, I feel like a lot of people feel this way is I did it to check that box, you know, and so I'd read whatever, even amazing passages like Ephesians 1 and it would just hit a wall, you know, and it didn't really mean anything to me because part of it was because I didn't understand, part of it was because I didn't really care, part of it was because it was just the box to tick. Mm. Um, But since like that, hunger has sparked in me it's like now i can't like it takes me like an hour to get through like ephesians one just because i like have to stop and think about it and like i can't get you know it's like you read ephesians one and it's like paul says like 10 words and you're like oh my gosh that is so (laughs) profound and i need to like stop and think about it but yeah and so it's just sparked that hunger in me and i guess that's just what i'm passionate about getting people hungry for is Mm -hmm. just getting them to that place where they actually want that because you know i think there's a really cool example in the old testament um is like there's two ways to rule a kingdom you know and there's like the assyrians and the babylonians you know and they're the way they rule their kingdom is by fear, you know, so they come to cities and they're like, well, if you don't surrender to us, then you're going to get impaled or like, we're going to skin you alive or, you know, we're going to rape your wives and kill your kids. And, um, that's how they decided to rule their kingdoms. And then Persia comes along and, you know, Judah's in captivity in Babylon. And they're like, Hey, guess what? We're going to pay for you to go back and build your temple and Mm -hmm. pray to your, pray to your God for us that he may have our, favor on us and it's like there's this other example of a way a kingdom can kingdom can operate and that's by love and um Mm. you know and i think growing up you know i don't want to say i don't want to be too harsh because you don't want to like judge people's motives but you know a lot of the 
arguments or reasons why you should do things I felt were very fear-based. You know, it's like you got to read your Bible to be a good Christian, you know, mm. um, and you got to do these things, and it's just out of obligation, you mm. know, and it's like if you're married or in a relationship, you know how far obligation goes. You know, it doesn't go very far. Um, and there's this other way, which is called love, you know, and that's the way the Persians did it, and that's the way... I believe God does it is he rules his kingdom by love. And so when there's that love and that desire, it's like, it's not a burden, you know, it's not a difficult thing to actually spend time in the word and, you know, dive into these things because it brings you so much joy and fulfillment because you want to, you know? And so I guess that's what I really want people to get and catch is just that desire and that want to, because then it doesn't become a burden and I don't have to hold their hands through it and I don't have to like get them to wake up at 6 a.m. to read their Bibles. It's yeah. like they're reading it way more than I am because they're so fired up and I'm like, whoa, you got to make me look holy. You should yeah. slow down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, one thing I like that you said, Johnny, was um, the more that you learn, the more you learn, you need to learn more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you start to understand exactly how big God is, um, how unsearchable his ways are, and that, you know, studying an infinite being <laughs> yeah. will take you an eternal amount of time. Totally. You know, like you're, ne- you're never going to wrap your head around God. And it's so cool that you're, you're not getting um, puffed up in pride, you know, as somebody reads their word and knows so much. Um, and that's probably the most unique thing um, when people read the Bible. If if you get somebody to read any other book and any other topic mm. um, and they become an expert in that area, they're going to get pride attached to them. True. But the moment you get, you know, a true believer reading the Bible, they're not getting pride. They're getting humbled yeah. constantly over and over again and, the realization that they don't actually know any, you know, almost anything when you compare it to God because you're getting closer and closer to him. Totally. It's incredible. And it almost goes back to what Joel was talking about, hey, of like, how do you do this with God? And then it's like, well, then you have to to do it with God, you know, because it's like (laughs) there's so much you can't understand. And then it's like that leads you to this place of, you know, contemplation and meditation and, you know, communion with God where it's just like, wow you're so good and mm. this is so good that this is just this is just like a taste mm. of what's available and like whatever you're learning about you know this is just a taste of how good you are this is just a taste of how merciful you are you know this mm. is like this is just the beginning and and then it just it doesn't become you know just a chore or mm. whatever or you know just knowledge it just becomes fuel to the fire yeah yeah, and you um, you really can't like receive a revelation unless you do it personally. Totally, you know, which like right away you got into that in your story because you're like, well, I was reading the Bible to check the box. I was just listening to my pastors and my teachers, and it was kind of like, um, yeah, whatever they say goes, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. But the reality is, like, unless you get to it yourself, yeah, you're never gonna really know. Yeah. And I love that about studying the Bible. And it, it seems like, yeah, that's just been the experience that you've had is like, 
all right, I'm going to see what this thing has to say for itself. Totally. And I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, well, not you'll, yeah. Anyway, you'll go to it yourself, but yeah, man. <clears throat> and it's funny. It's like, I don't know. I, I was thinking about this today because I feel like maybe it's just life, but I guess most of my adult life has been in a Christian, uh, culture, um, or Christian bubble. But, you know, I feel like we just put labels on people, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, Johnny, he's that Bible guy or Joel, he's the podcast guy or, you know, whatever, you know, my mom, she's that cook lady or, you know, or she, my dad, he's this guy. And we like Mm. put these labels on people. And I think, uh, we, we just need to break that because yeah, we just need to be well-rounded believers, you know, and it's like, you know, obviously I may be more passionate about the word than I am about, you know, intercession or worship or other things. And that's totally fine. But it's also like, this is something we're all invited into, you know, and especially the Bible, like it's such a huge topic. Well, it's such a, you know, it's like, this is what the apostles passed down to us. And, you know, these people in the old Testament, it's like, it is super important. And yeah, I don't know. It's worth, it's worth time. It's worth taking time to do the study. Even if you're like, Oh, I'm just like, I'm the prophetic guy. You know, I'm the worship guy. It's like, yeah, I think we all need to break out of those boxes and yep. break into, you know, being well-rounded believers. Yep. And tell you what, the Bible's worth a read. Yeah. Give it a go. It's funny, like, you know, whatever's going to get you hungry. If it's good, if it's a ghost story, yeah, go for it. Read yeah, it. It's in there. So when I, I always think of this when I read, like, because there's just some radical stories, like like when you were talking about Lot and his daughters and yeah. stuff. It's kind of raunchy. It's kind of kind of PG-13 to yeah. say yeah, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But it's, yeah, it's, it's out there. And I, I remember when I was a kid, you know, my older brother, Michael, he's like, he's like, dude, Michael. if they... If they made a movie about the Bible, it would it would be rated R. Oh, totally. And I was like oh. six or seven, and I'm like, no way. Yeah. I'm like, R, like no, because R is like bad movies, right? He's like, yeah, there's some bad stuff in the Bible. I mean, but Bible is like a holy book. You know, yeah. that's like God's book. There's nothing yeah. bad in there. And he's like, no, there's some crazy stuff. And he's yeah. a couple years older. Yeah, if we had read Lot's Daughters when we were kids, <laughs> we would have freaked out. Totally. <laughs> we were like, what? Yeah. One, what does that even mean? Yeah. Dad. <laughs> One thing um Laura and I noticed when we were reading the doing the DBS evening edition is we started started assembling the Avengers with all okay. the different people in the Bible reading through. So you know you got Samson, um, who could be Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. And then um was it Elijah who ran really fast? Yeah, Elijah. Elijah, yeah. So we've got the Flash, although Ooh, that's nice. DC. Whatever. Um, you know, and it, w- it was quite interesting running through all of them. Nehemiah and, could be Captain Israel. Yeah, and then you got um, <laughs> uh, Aquaman, which is uh, Jonah. Jonah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Hey. Like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> whatever whatever gets you hungry. Yeah. The I Avengers. Think. So the Avengers is just copyrighted, I think. Just Bible came first. It's like Bible Man. Did you ever watch Bible Man? Is that <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, I was a Classic. huge Bible Man guy. Oh, yeah. Bible Man. Is that like Captain Planet or something? No, it's, it's well, more kind like, of. Like, I don't it's know. like yeah. Christian superhero. He's like Bible Man. And 
<laughs> I think they're on YouTube now, so you should check them out. They're so funny. Yeah. He's got a lightsaber, though. Really? Oh, which yeah. Is sweet. I love because I loved Star Wars as a kid. It was my favorite. Yeah. So then, Bible Man. Okay, every Christmas in my family, I have a big family, a lot of gifts, and so my parents would get us three gifts, like the wise men, which right. is maybe not how it went, but anyway, three gifts in the Bible are mentioned. So we got three gifts, which is awesome. That's a lot of gifts if you have yeah. nine kids. But anyway, it's true. Um, one of them was always a Christian gift. My parents said you get a you get three gifts, and one of them is a Christian gift. And uh, so as a kid, I got Bible Man pretty much every year. And, uh, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Get the mask and the cape and everything. Yeah, totally. But, um, yeah, anyway. So I guess the question is, have you sinned today, Johnny? <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> confession booth now. <laughs> Father Joel. Yes. <laughs> My child. <laughs> How many Hail Marys do I need to do? Well, oh. tell me first, because <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I thought it was super interesting what you said, too, because you're like, man, if I'm breathing, I'm sinning. And uh, it's mm. even it can be even more humbling sometimes to realize that, like, you're okay. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Um, because you want to justify yourself, and you want to identify and brand yourself. Like, if you're the Bible guy, you know, did you give yourself that label? Right. You know, I don't think you did, because, you know, we we all... Uh, no U.S. Bible guy because we have conversations with you. Bible man. <laughs> Confess. Uh, yeah, I think you're the Bible guy. But anyway, uh, yeah, we have conversations with you and stuff. And so you didn't give yourself that label. And it's like it almost takes humility to be like, hey, if you're if I'm like, hey, you're a good guy. And it's mm. like, oh, OK. Right. But I want to self-identify and be like, no, I'm a bad guy. You know what I mean? Totally. It's that false humility. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think that's what sparked me a lot in diving into the Bible. Hey, is. Um, there's this guy that I, uh, what was his name? Oh, Curry Blake. Uh, he runs John G. Lake Ministries now, but he, he talked about, uh, like in the New Testament, especially in Paul's letters, like looking in the verses and looking at like what's past tense, you know? So what has Christ done for you? And that like changed so much on the way I view scripture, right? Because there's a lot, you know, and um, with the whole sin thing, you know, there's that verse uh, in Ephesians and it says, um, and we were enemies. Oh man, I just need to look it up. Hold on. Um, While you do that, Johnny, I'll just speak for some of the new readers. Um, if you're struggling to read your Bible, one thing, a little life hack that, we've been adopting um, in 2019 was to read your Bible with the audio Bible at the same time. Oh yeah. And as you're reading through, um, not just your audio Bible, but have your, have a physical Bible in front of you or your phone. Um, we prefer to remove our temptations of Facebook and Snapchat. So we read our Bible with the audio Bible and it clears the context up really well. Cause sometimes yeah. I read the Bible uh, strange in my head, and yeah. I, you know, don't have the context exactly right. right. But the the Bible man who reads it for you yeah. in the auto Bible is great. He's a hero. Yeah, cool. You found that first. <laughs> I did find it. Cool. Good life actual. I like that. Um, yeah. So the verse is Ephesians two verse one, uh, and it says, 
and this is how we read it, and this is how I was taught it, you know, as a good Lutheran boy growing up, nothing against Lutherans. So if any of your Lutheran listeners are Lutherans, I'm not bashing Lutherans, but um, I actually do have a funny story about that. Maybe I'll tell after this. But uh, so Ephesians 2 verse 1, this is usually how we read it. And you are dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. And that's how I was taught, right, is that you are dead in your trespasses and your sins. That's like the current state that you're at. But when you actually look at what Paul's saying, he says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You know, and I think something as simple as looking at the past tense and looking at, you know, okay, what is what did Jesus do? What is happening now and what's still going to come? It brings so much light. And, you know, because I would just automatically assume, you know, I had that verse on my wall, First Timothy. You know, it's like, I'm the worst sinner ever. You know, I need to beat that into my head. I'm dead in my trespasses and sins. But it's like, well, what's Paul saying is that actually I was dead in those things. But guess what? Christ raised me up out of it. Mm. So I might no longer walk in those things. And so, yeah, that's why I think like getting into the word is so important. And it's like, because this is the revelation of what Christ has done and what God has done, you know, invading humanity Mm. like what has he actually done to humanity and paul goes so uh, he just goes into that and like so does john and all the other new testament authors because that's kind of what they're meditating on hey um but that's i think why it's important you know and even just those little things getting teaching because it's like even that one little observation changed so many things you know it's like Mm. oh this is something that actually jesus already accomplished for me so it's not something that i have to like ask him for it's not something i have to like beg him for feel like i don't have actually if i mm. feel like i don't have it what i need to do is look at the word look at jesus's life and actually receive this mm. gift that he's giving me you know and uh one Absolutely. of my favorite verses is uh or yeah is psalms 103 and he says bless the lord and forget not all his benefits and it's so simple right because it's like well what happens if you forget the benefits is you don't use them, you know, like mm. one of the, my car insurance benefits right now is, uh, I get a free windshield every year. I didn't know that until I talked with one of my buddies and he's like, Hey, you know, you get a free windshield every year. And I'm like, well, that's really nice because I could go down to, you know, the window glass repair shop and they would charge me 300 bucks for it. And I would lose 300 bucks, even though I had that benefit the whole time, you know, yeah. and that's the thing that I've seen Christians fall into so much as it's like we don't realize what we actually have and so we walk out you know we waste time we waste effort we we stress ourselves out over all these things that we actually had the whole time Mm. um that's a really good analogy totally yeah yeah and even another one i like is you know a car it's like i could give joel my car keys he could leave those car keys and walk around town and like get blisters and like be stressed because he's running everywhere. He doesn't have mm. enough time when that whole time he had a car, you mm. know, and that's like the gift. And that's why I am really passionate about getting in the word is because, you know, I don't want to be stolen from anything that God's given me, you know, and I don't want Christians to be stolen of anything that God's given us. Mm. Um, yeah. That's really good, Johnny. Yeah, no, that's solid. Um, yeah. We don't want to sell it short. Well, man, it's been great to have you on. Um, thanks for sharing that. with my yeah. funny story. Oh, what did you do a as a good Lutheran boy, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't a good Lutheran boy. No, oh. actually it wasn't me. But so with 
YWAM, we go overseas um, a lot. And one of the places that we go is Papua New Guinea, which is uh, an, an island nation in Southeast Asia. And it's very, like, Pacific Islander. And uh, they're very, like, Christian. They, like, they love missionaries and everything. And so what I noticed when we were there is that a lot of the villages we would go to were Lutheran. And so, you know, I was like, oh, I could be like Paul. You know, I, I got to become all things to all men. So I was like, I did go to Lutheran, you know, uh, private school. So I was like, I feel okay saying that I'm Lutheran, you know, like, okay. So when we would introduce ourselves, we'd be like, okay, you know, I'm Johnny. I'm from America. I'm 24 years old. And they would always ask your denomination. So everyone on our team was always like non-denominational, non-denominational. I was like, I'm going to spice it up. Maybe I'll connect a bit with more people. If I say I'm Lutheran, you know, maybe they'll be like, oh, this is cool. You know, Lutheran, we can trust him. And so not that they didn't trust us, but in PNG is very tribal, you know, it's like, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's like it's branded like, A, you know? Yeah. It's you, like, if you, yeah. if you can find common ground, it's like, you can, you just like develop people's trust so much more. Yeah. And so it's just mm-hmm. kind of common ground. And so we go to this one village and, um, we're at this church and we had taught, uh, well, so we got there the first time, you know, I go through it. I'm like, yeah, this is me. How old I am, where I'm from. And I'm a Lutheran. And we kept going back to this church. And one night, um, one of the Papua New Guineans comes up to me and he's like, hey, can I have like your Bible or a book? Um, and I was like, yeah, what for? And they're like, well, they're going to gift you this bag. So in PNG, they have these bags called billums and it's, they like knit them and it's like an honor to give one to you. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I gave him my Bible and I was sitting there and there was this girl sitting next to me, one of the girls on our team. And I was teasing her. I was like, watch, they're going to like honor me and all this stuff. And lo and behold, because outside we could hear these drums going off. And so lo and behold, once the service starts, they're like, okay, um, Johnny come to the front. And so I stand up and these, these PNG mamas come in and they have this whole like tribal song and dance and they're just like doing it in front of me. And they're like, and then they give me this billum, and then they're like, "We heard that you were the only Lutheran boy on your team, <laughs> and we wanted to bless you, and like nice. we wanted to honor you." And so I sit down, and then like we get back that night, and I was like, "Is it bad that like I didn't? I'm not really a Lutheran, and my team was so <laughs> mad at me. They're like, how could you do that? How could you say that you're a Lutheran? You lied to those people.' So that's how I benefited from being a Lutheran once, and. I guess you listeners can decide if it was a bad thing to do or not, but I think it's pretty funny. Give me 10 Hail Marys, Johnny. <laughs> yes, Father. Jeez, you're the only real it's missionary really on that team. <laughs> the only Lutheran. The only good Lutheran boy. That's it was amazing. Oh, so funny. Oh, well. Awesome, bro. Well, hey, thanks for sharing your story, yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah thanks, cheers. Johnny. All right, brother. Until next time, this has been yeah, the Jesus Magnet. <laughs>